0: Hi,
1: I'm Darren Ride.
0: And I'm Tim Beadle.
1: Welcome to Disciple Making. Hey! Welcome back to Disciple Making. I'm Darren Ride here with uh, Tim Beadle, his name, if not his face. If, we're, if you're watching this on video, you're probably watching it on audio anyway, or listening on audio. And we are back from our travels. We've both gone some different directions, had some
0: holidays. How was your last few weeks, Tim? Smoky. Yeah. <laughs> there's just massive, right across Canada, there's just massive wildfires uh, to the point of smoke is just drifting up from the Pacific Northwest into Canada. And uh, today, even though our hearers won't hear this for a while, uh, the entire city of Yellowknife Northwest Territories <laughs> 20,000 people are being evacuated as I speak. And so yeah. uh, I, I was living on the beach, but smoke would just destroy and wreck the experience. How, how about you?
1: Yeah, we th- we had the biggest fire in, in the province. It was, was north of us, but it's since settled down. And uh, we've been pretty much smoke-free for a few weeks here. And I tell you, it sure changes the feeling of the summer when there's not smoke in the air. Uh, yeah. I find, you know, a smoky day is worse than an overcast day, right? Because yeah. not only is it dull, but you can taste it, and uh, yep. that's when that smoke lifts and the sun comes out and the air is clear. Oh man, you sure appreciate it.
0: Yeah. Well, I went this for a segue. Uh, when when there is fire, people respond immediately. Uh, the early church spread like prairie wildfire throughout <laughs> the known world at that time. Simply be because uh, Jesus had given a command, the Holy Spirit had come. And uh the business at hand was to go into the world to make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the fathers and spirit, teaching them to obey everything that the Lord had commanded with the assurance that he was with them and with the authority of all heaven and earth uh, behind him. so mm-hmm. um, taking in the church is almost more like a survival mode. We've uh, circled wagons uh, or we're operating. Uh, like a bit of a Christian club mentality where we have members and they expect services from the church leadership. But uh, we've lost the urgency. The uh, The world needs to be on fire, or, or we need to be on fire for the Lord when it comes to discipleship. Uh, how mm. does that sound?
1: Oh, yeah, no, that sounds good, Tim. You know, And we'll get into the specific topic in a second here, but I was just reflecting today a little bit on how different it is to live on mission versus living a life where the locus and the center of your faith is in attending a service—just how yeah. how radically different that is—and I think that is part of the difference from the the original church, maybe, and the current church, at least as we're experiencing it. So there's there's a lot of things, and we've we've touched on so many through this podcast. But today we're continuing a look and using as a springboard "Simple Discipleship," a book uh, from Dana Allen. And
0: uh, where do you want us to dive in today, Tim? Well, I, I just feel led to focus on uh, two, two areas uh, that sort of are uh, two sides of the same coin, um, because I think when Jesus, the ultimate disciple maker, he saw uh, people, his followers, the potential disciple makers, as they need to needed to be more than simply the recipient of having information dispensed to them, hmm. and and then in that regard also. Jesus knew that disciple making or becoming a disciple maker uh, doesn't and still to this day doesn't occur at microwave speed, even though the world around us and even Mm. in the church, we expect results uh, right away. So uh, those were the two areas that um, I sort of warmed up to. And uh, I guess the the challenge for us today is not only to hear the word of the Lord, uh, but to do what it says to us. And uh, uh, you know, the, the example in Scripture, and this is right at the end of the uh, Sermon on the Mount and I know in, in uh, the literature uh, and uh, grammatical practice of Jesus Day, when you, when you said something and took two or three chapters to get through it, uh, when you summarized it, the last things you said were to summarize and be the most powerful. Mm-hmm. And and in Matthew 7, we, we have the parable of the wise, wise and foolish builders. And everyone knows the story about the foundations that had to be chosen and the houses that had to be built and the fact that both builders went through the storms of life. However, um, beyond that, people seem to forget that uh, the entire parable started off with this saying – whoever hears my voice or my word and puts it into practice is like dot, 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 the man who built his house. on. But the one who hears my voice and doesn't put it into practice uh, is like the one who builds his house on sand. And so in terms of dispensing information, it isn't enough for us to fill our bookshelves, and uh, with information on what Jesus taught to us if we don't obey and do what he said.
1: Mm. Yeah, you know, it's, it's so interesting to me, Tim, when you put on the lens of making disciples and how Jesus trained his disciples, how so many of the parables and the passages and the teachings of Jesus all of a sudden link together, you know. And yep. what you're saying there is a direct link to the Great Commission at the end of Matthew. Yep. Go and make yep. disciples, teaching them to obey, Yep. <laughs> and in the Sermon on the Mount, he's basically saying the foundation is obeying my teaching. That that That's actually the foundation. Not just hearing his words, not just consuming information, but obeying him, following him. And I would say, w- w- and this is not, you know, I said Jesus punching something that's not there, joining him on mission. You know, yeah. joining him on mission, yeah. obeying him and following him and walking with him. That is the foundation. <laughs> you know, that's not a higher level of the Christian faith. No. That's the no. foundation of the Christian faith.
0: Yeah, exactly. And perhaps that's why the early church did spread like prairie wildfire, mm. is because when people heard it, they immediately applied it. Uh, they relied on the presence and power of the Holy Spirit. And and perhaps, you know, to be honest with you, um, especially the, the first century, uh, believers lived in such close uh proximity to jesus chronologically that they had eyewitnesses could then pass the word down and so uh it isn't like we're looking back through the lens of 2000 years and have the same ability to uh, meet someone who was with jesus even though his word carries the same authority and power to us today as it did back then even before Before the Gospels were written, uh, people remembered and they had committed such practices to life that Hmm. they were to go and make disciples. And obviously they knew how to do it. Uh, They didn't sort of hold Bible studies or board meetings saying, what does it actually mean to make a disciple? (laughs)
1: Hmm. Yeah, they understood that it was getting out on the job, that it was getting out and interacting with people who needed Jesus and being ministers of his power and his grace. And pointing them in the direction, you know, ultimately, as we move beyond, you know, uh, beyond the Gospels, pointing them back to the cross and the resurrection, you know, but, but then living out the implications of that. And so uh, they they had a, a pretty narrow, I'd say, stripped down program when it yeah. came to disciple making. And, well, it looks like it's slow. In fact, when you multiply anything, it becomes very fast.
0: That's right. Exactly. So in two weeks from now, I'm uh, returning to uh, the ministry of the church with a new title and a new focus. I'm going to be uh, solely the pastor of disciple making, which is my, if you wanted a dream job for me, mm-hmm. this would be it. I'm not doing anything else. I'm just teaching and training uh, in a quite a large church, what it means. But as I've gone and sort of met with people one-on-one, uh, couples, and I explained what my new uh, ministry role is all about, uh, they they all agree that that's what the church needs, but they don't have a clue uh, how to do this personally. Uh, what the implications will be for them, and because I'm friends with them, they know that uh, I, I've already personalized it and planted seeds in their life. And now uh, that, that's where the rubber hits the road. And for for our listeners today, you've heard this time and time again. But what what is stopping you today from taking the first step? at committing to be a follower of Jesus, a disciple that makes a disciple. Uh, Hmm. You may say, well, I don't know how to do it because I don't have any examples that I can follow. Uh, You know, this like I look to the leaders of my church and they don't talk about this. They don't preach about this and they don't bear witness or testimony that um, they are walking with someone and helping them grow to maturity so that that person can do the same thing. And also, it's never being preached or taught in the church. And therefore, uh, even though when information is dispensed to me, uh, I, I'm never challenged to do more than I've always been challenged to the limit of listening and obeying. But I, I know uh, in my preaching practice, uh, I like putting something up on the screen every once in a while called the learning circle. And I, and I say to the congregation in 30 minutes from now, I'm going to put this back up there. But let's look at this. It's quite a, 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 an easy template to look at. It's a circle. And uh, on the top half of the circle, it says, what did God say to me in his word today? Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, but then the bottom side, coming back to the beginning, says, uh, and what am I going to do this week in applying it to my life? And then in the middle, I just put, and who am I going to ask to hold me accountable to this? Mm. So Now, all of a sudden, it goes from just hearing to doing to being held accountable. Um, have you heard that model, Darren, or what, what do you use? Oh, yeah.
1: To- yeah, I mean, that that's really tied very closely to the Discovery Bible Study method where right. we, you know, at the end of a study, we'll come up with an I will statement. I will, you know, blank, do this as a result of the study, specifically, concretely. And then ideally, when you get back together next time, you say, how did you do with your I wills? You know, how did the the application actually go? And what we found and what I've certainly found is when you're applying things like that, you actually need less content because you can apply, you know, vast, vast buckets and bushels of content. You can only apply a little bit at a time, but the life change with less content, but higher application is much more dramatic and, and much more immediate and actually it changes you and you're actually doing something differently than just taking in content. It's, it's fascinating to me, Tim.
0: Yeah, and, and I want to build on that because this sort of gets us flipped out of the coin, is that uh, Jesus knew that disciple-making doesn't occur at microwave speed, okay? Yeah. And, and in the church, you know, when we put out like a, a 10-week series, um, you know, Jesus took a couple of years to develop his disciples, and then before he ascended, after giving the Great Commission, took another forty days and reviewed the principles of the kingdom, so that this knowledge was fresh in their memory. Mm. Uh, like, do you really think we can master the fruit in a of the Spirit in a nine-week study? Like, like you, you could take a year for each one of the fruit. Uh, and so here's the other side: uh, if you're gonna, if you're gonna receive more than this information. But, but you're going to be pushed towards application and obedience because you mm. want to honor Jesus. You um, so have to start small uh, with, with uh, small wins, small applications, small challenges, uh, small um, activities whereby uh, it isn't accomplishing it, but in, in my life I find that it changes me in my walk with Jesus more because I'm mm. – continually being reminded to apply, apply, uh, focus on hmm. not just hearing, but doing the word of God. And uh, that, that, that's a beautiful thing for those who want to become disciple makers. You never stop having the spirit continuing to entrust you uh, with the fact that he's continuing to do work in your life.
1: Mm. Oh yeah, no, that's absolutely right. Yeah, 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 it's not like oh, check! I am now a fully formed disciple, and like, no. growing doesn't happen like that. You know, Tim. In the in the few minutes we have left, I think it, it would be really important um, if we can just talk a little bit about your upcoming role. And I know that we're going to be revisiting this from time to time because, in a way, it's a bit of a case study from where I sit. Anyway, yep. like I have heard of very few of any pastors of disciple making, which you and I understand is different than a discipleship pastor or a discipleship ministry that is generally about content or a curriculum exactly. or, you know, just, just Christian education in a general sense. But you're in a pastor disciple-making role. I know you've had, you know, lots of interactions with your lead pastor around this. Maybe if you could just kind of peel back the veil a little bit and say, what's your approach going into this? What's okay. What are the tracks yeah. you're laying down or how do you plan to start in a role that actually has greenlit you to make disciples in an existing legacy church
0: yeah well it's sort of it it's kind of ironic that the one thing that Jesus taught us to do uh, make disciples uh, has never really been quantified or qualified in a pastoral position in a church Mm. and so for me this is my dream job Uh, I mentioned before when I was diagnosed with cancer some seven years ago and I had that legacy conversation. Lord, what do you want me to do with the rest of my life? And he says, be little read the scriptures, read the gospels, and do what Jesus taught us to do. Hmm. And I just had this overwhelming conviction uh, that for the rest of my life I'm going to learn how and help others make disciples and make disciples. So uh the t- church leadership is being very generous and lenient in that. I don't have a ministry description because there aren't too many around. I'm going to write my own. I'm going to build the bridge as I walk across it. However, uh, this is what's going to happen. Uh, In the last year or so, we've developed a a discipling pathway in our church. So my role is not out of... um, uh, cooperation and coordination with the rest of the pathway that you might start with evangelistic outreach and then a the new believer stuff and then it sort of gets stuck in this whole discipleship just more and more studies and learning. Uh I'm I'm leaning more now into the equipping, the multiplication and the disciple making. And so it's gonna be educational. There's gonna be a lot of education in the church that uh, if you've become stagnant in your life and haven't uh, seen any fruit or multiplication towards disciple making, you are not a fully formed follower of Jesus. Hmm. And um, the Lord has just uh, taught me again, again, as we learn new things. Um, you know, the parable of the sower in Matthew 13, there's the four soils that the seed falls upon. The first one goes on the hard, uh, the hard, rocky soil as it were doesn't penetrate it and the birds come and eat it and when jesus when jesus apl- applies and interprets this he says those are people they don't understand about the gospel and they just walk away they don't understand hmm. uh the second uh is that these the, the seed gets into the soil but it doesn't grow any roots and it dries up and fizzles and and that's what jesus said it says you know they never grew roots and no root no fruit and therefore, they, they weren't able to grow in their faith. Uh, the third one is, you know, where where the, the seed, the plant grows up, but then uh, the thorns and thistles choke it to death. Hmm. And Jesus said, those these are those people who grow in their faith. But then the worries and anxieties of the world just decimate their, their belief and, and they become... Impotent as it is. They they just aren't useful. But then here, now darren here's the fourth soil. And all of us want to assume this is us. Mm. Uh, it's a soil that receives the seed, the gospel, and it springs up. And what's the result? There, there's a harvest experience of multiplication a hundredfold, sixty-fold, thirty-fold. We all want to say, yes, that's me. But Mm. but then when you say, Okay, so where's the fruit of the multiplication of your life? Mm. People will be silent. And until a few years ago, I would have been quite silent. But then this is what the Lord said to me just in the last few days. Where does the harvest come from? I believe the harvest comes from from turning back to those first three uh, conditions of the ground. Hmm. uh, The one where it never penetrated and, and the birds came and took it just because they didn't understand. There's people out there who need to understand who Jesus is to the point that we can say, well, come and see. That's part of disciple making. There's others who have um, allowed the seed of the gospel into their heart, uh, but they don't know how to grow roots. And it it might be because in the church we're we're doing everything at a microwave speed and they're getting busy in the church, but they never grow roots. And part of the disciple making is coming alongside them and helping them grow in just basic disciplines of Bible reading, Mm -hmm. of of prayer. Uh, And then there are those, perhaps a lot of people around us who they believe but there's no fruit because they're not believing the word of God and trusting the Holy Spirit to walk through the very circumstances that they could actually use as turning points and teaching points uh, for those yet to follow them. And so, so the multiplication isn't hard to find if we look in the right places. Hmm. And uh, but, but but that, that that's uh, that's up to date what Lord the Lord is telling me. And so when I go into the church, I will I will talk about things like this. We'll yeah. talk about 2 Corinthians 5, 16, that from now on we, we we look at no one from a worldly point of view. We look at people uh from from God's point of view, and then you look at the three seeds and you'll probably find some work to do there. Uh, but basically you just have to love people mm. and you have to challenge them that if they really love Jesus, they will obey his commands. Because Jesus said, If if you will obey, you will obey my commands if you love me. Mm. And the bottom line is we're doing it not because we have to, because we love King Jesus and want to follow him and be obedient. So so that that's just the start of it. Maybe uh, down the road in, a, in the next couple of months, uh, we yeah. can do another way. Because there may be a, a lot of listeners today who said, you know, I'd love to start something in my church, but don't know where to start. Maybe, maybe start reading Matthew 13. And Mm. think about that in your life and how you could teach others in a very non-threatening way, but invite them onto the bus and take the the adventure of disciple making together.
1: Oh, that's, that's excellent, Tim. And, and I will, from time to time, we will certainly revisit what's going on in your ministry role there. I think it'd be instructive and encouraging. I just, you know, commend your, your church leadership for, you know, for actually allowing you to frame up a role like that, which again is, is fairly unique from, from my perspective and I think it's a good thing. And uh we just uh you know pray and trust that God will bless you and, and the church through all of that. So I think we'll yeah. I think we'll land there for today. Tame
0: yeah. any closing thoughts? Oh, just slow down. So sometimes God says if you wanna if to catch up with me, you're gonna have to slow down. Hmm. It's like going over maybe today is a bit of a spiritual speed bump where you're all gearing up for the fall, you know, September. Yeah, you may be hearing this in September and everything's happening in the church and but are the right things happening? And what speed are you walking at in terms of following and obeying Jesus today? Yeah. yeah.
1: Excellent. <laughs> Excellent. Well, I'm Darren Ride here with Tim Beadle. Thanks yeah. for joining us. And uh, feel free to jump in again. Join us soon for our next episode of Disciple Making. God bless. Amen. Yeah. Thanks for joining us. For more information, go to imakedisciples.com or christfollowerdna.com. please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts.